This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. The United States Senate on Saturday passed the Inflation Reduction Act, a sprawling bill on climate, health care, pharmaceuticals, and taxes. Extracting a steep price for her support of the bill, Arizona's Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema demanded that a provision cutting back the carried interest loophole be removed. That loophole has enriched private equity executives for years and survived multiple legislative attempts to thwart it thanks to intense lobbying by the financial industry. We turn now to Carter Doherty, who is the Communications Director at Americans for Financial Reform. Welcome to the program, Carter. Thank you for having me, Sonali. What is the carried interest tax loophole? It, uh, you know, I know it can be sort of wonky to get into the details of it, but if you can explain in layperson's terms what it is and where it originated, you know, when, when did it come about? How is it that we have this thing? Sure. Um, this, is, this is the sort of thing uh, most of us would rather not know about or have to know about, but unfortunately there are a lot of really rich people profiting off it uh, and it is patently unjust. The carried interest loophole is a function of the tax code that a professor by the name of Victor Fleischer pointed out in an article in 2007, where he explained how private equity executives were exploiting the difference between the income tax rate and the tax rate on capital gains, which is to say, uh, you know, on the increase in a value of an asset. Uh, were taxed. And he noticed that private equity executives were taking something that was legitimately their their labor income, as, as they say, uh, but classifying it as uh, capital gains income and therefore paying a lower tax rate. And they were paying a lot lower taxes on a lot of money. Uh, and just to give you a sense of this, there is one guy, Stephen Schwartzman at Blackstone, the largest private equity firm in the world, uh, who paid a lower tax rate on $78 million worth of income in 2021. And that is due to this longstanding loophole, which Congress has been, been unable to close. And all told, it's probably a good guess that, that about $18 billion each year is not paid to the federal government because of this loophole. But again, it's a loophole that benefits people personally. It benefits rich people personally. It's not about their companies. It's about them being personally more rich than they already are. I mean, it's incredible in during this talk of um, inflation being such a problem. We are told by media pundits, by some politicians that it's because Ordinary people have too much money in their pocket. No one really brings up that other I word, which is inequality, and the fact that rich people keep getting more and more money in their pockets. So why did Kirsten Cinema object to um, undermining or reducing this carried interest tax loophole? What's her interest? 
Well, it's worth noting a little context about Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema, which is she is somebody who went from being a, a globalization critic and demonstrator at, at, at major gatherings in the 1990s of the World Bank and the IMF and associate, associated uh, free trade gatherings uh, to being a friend of the private equity industry as a senator. She's had quite a journey. Um, and the truth is, we don't really get a lot about why Kirsten Cinema uh, doesn't like uh, efforts to close this loophole. Uh, it's worth noting that her only explanation in person, as opposed to through a spokesperson, uh, was at a fundraiser uh, last week uh, that she held on Capitol Hill uh, around the time that this legislation was being considered. So we don't often get the courtesy of an explanation from Kirsten Sinema, but to the extent that we we got some indication of why she was opposed to it, uh, it had to do with, some, with her uh, insistence that this would somehow be bad for uh, small businesses, for investment in small businesses. And she essentially kind of bought a line that the private equity industry has has fed us for a while that any increase on taxes uh, on private equity will result in less investment in small businesses, which is absolute nonsense. Um, just to give you a sense, private equity is a our, our big pots of money that Wall Street's puts together to buy companies uh, known as leveraged buyouts. The most of those those buyouts are above $500 million. So that is not a small business by anyone's definition. And yet they sort of hide behind this fig leaf of it being all about small businesses. Wow. Um, and then you scratch a little deeper, Sonali, and you see all sorts of uh, indicators of a politician on the take. Uh, cinema has taken what's probably millions of dollars in in uh, campaign contributions from the private equity industry we don't know the precise details of that um we don't know about the dark money spent on her behalf by private equity uh we do know that in 2020 she actually as a sitting senator no less uh had an internship at a winery uh owned by a private equity baron wait so, what an inter a, a sitting senator in the united states senate took an internship at a winery i am not making that up <laughs> i am not making that up she was an intern who did all sorts of things apparently like taste grapes and crush grapes and learn about wine and everything uh, and she did it. It was a paid internship. It showed up on her financial disclosures and eventually the media got wind of it. Um, but that is how close Kirsten Cinema is to private equity. Wait, wait so, so uh, I sort of cut you off because I was shocked, but uh, make the connection between the winery and uh, private equity. Well, whether it's uh, geographically in close proximity to private equity or by virtue of the campaign contributions, uh, it's pretty clear that cinema has a very tight relationship with Wall Street private equity, uh, which includes uh, some of the richest people in the world.
So, uh, there, and even, you know, the mainstream media has covered the fact that she does receive contributions from the very people um, who benefit from keeping this carried interest tax loophole. Wouldn't uh, closing this loophole have helped to pay for the cost of this bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, that you know, although not nearly going as far as the as uh, far enough as the Build Back Better bill, uh, does have climate provisions and other things that actually help Americans as a whole. The, you know, we, we could have had those billions of dollars per year in revenue, right? We could have. It's important to remember that the carried interest loophole uh, would net. You know, they were looking at around eighteen billion dollars uh and by the way what was proposed was simply a reform of this it certainly wasn't an abolition of it so that was it was a sort of watered down reform and even that was too much for cinema but the broader point is that you have an amount of money which is by your standards by my standards by any reasonable human being standards a lot of money but in the grander scheme of funding the federal government it's a relatively small amount of money. And when you weigh that against the fact that this money is megabucks for individuals, for a small number of already very rich people who have lobbyists and make campaign contributions and all that, you see this sort of asymmetry there where the forces in favor of keeping it end up stronger than the ones that want to get rid of it especially when you hold the allegiance of a single senator from Arizona uh, who is willing to do the bidding of private equity. And we know that cinema enjoys being, uh, you know, holding up legislation. This is something she's done before, like her colleague Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, who had held up the, you know, uh, who basically stymied climate talks and, and then uh, back to this in so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't have that much to do with inflation. Uh, and, and all of this comes down to the fact that Democrats have an extremely slim hold over the United States Senate, which then allows just you know one or two senators to um, hold the whole country, if you will, hostage. There were a whole bunch of other amendments, including progressive ones by people like Senator Bernie Sanders that the Senate managed to beat back over the weekend, right? That's right. And, um, you know, to be fair, there is, uh, there are argues, arguably some elements there that will have an impact on inflation. It's a, it's a sort of wide uh, variety of measures. Uh, one thinks in particular of the efforts to bring down the cost of pharmaceuticals right. uh, for people on Medicare. So we can't entirely discount that aspect of the legislation. But the fact of the matter is, once Senator Manchin made his deal with Senator Schumer, there was very little room for, for changing the legislation. And to his credit, Senator Manchin is actually a longtime critic of the carried interest loophole. Right. Uh, he's, he's a millionaire CEO, but he was he was not a, a finance CEO, and he, he regards it as sort of, you know, a tax trick that you should get rid of. Um, it was really Senator Sinema, um, you know, who was the key to getting that done, and she didn't want to get it done presumably because her rich patrons didn't want to get it done. So uh, 
there's, you know, all sorts of cynical joking about how this carried interest tax loophole uh, will outlive all of us. <laughs> there have been attempts to have standalone pieces of legislation addressing just that, right, that have also failed. There have certainly been pieces of legislation introduced. Uh, Senator Warren actually has a bill that's a broad reform of the private equity industry known as the Stop Wall Street Looting Act. And that includes a provision that would would not simply reform but end the carried interest loophole. Um, but as you say, this is a, a very divided Senate um, and it's hard to get uh, small things done, let alone big ones. Well, um, where can people find out more about uh, this carried interest tax loophole and efforts to close it? Give out some information for Americans for Financial Reform, Carter. Sure. So Americans for Financial Reform is a coalition of over 200 groups, uh, consumer advocates, labor groups, uh, community activists, faith groups uh, that are dedicated to reforming the financial system. And we have created a website called stopwallstreetlooting.org, stopwallstreetlooting.org, that uh, explains some of this in more detail. You can also sign up to our, our email list. You can also go to our website, ourfinancialsecurity.org, that's ourfinancialsecurity.org, and there you'll find all sorts of information. But again, a, a great way to do it is to Join our email list and get the regular updates about what's going on and what what you can do to help make this change, because this will only ever happen if if we band together to make the change. Thank you so much, Carter, for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Sonali. My guest has been Carter Doherty. He's the communications director at Americans for Financial Reform. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU with Sonali.